Welcome back to another episode of Money Talks. This is Hugh Meyer. Hope you're doing well. Remember, we're connecting thought leaders, entrepreneurs, and business experts to you, the small business owner. Today, really excited to have my guest, Elle Bruno. Elle is the Managing Director of Techstars and the Western Union Accelerator. Elle has been a founder and a startup operator for almost two decades. In 2004, she started her first company, an eBay ancillary company. And since that time, she's helped numerous companies get started as an angel investor and now most recently with Techstars and Western Union. In this episode, we will discuss Elle's background, how she is helping numerous startups today find their way into the world, an overall view of the world of venture capital and startups, and her overall macro view as well. We hope you enjoy this episode. Elle, welcome to the Money Talks podcast. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, Hugh. How are you? I'm doing great. It was uh, amazing to connect with you uh, through Clubhouse and through LinkedIn. Really interesting background it's in, in the venture and the startup world, which I think um, is is clearly a very hot topic these days. A lot of people are, are, are doing quite well in the space. And you have a really unique background and, and, and what you're working on right now. So I was, it was excited to connect and look forward to to learning more about it. So without further ado, maybe just give the audience a little bit about your background. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, thank you so much for having me. I'm really humbled to be here today. Um, uh, so my background, I've been a startup operator for about 18 years. Um, so I've worked for um, I first built my first company back in 2004. Uh, it was um, a business that was taking advantage of the eBay boom at the time and um, was an overstock and liquidation startup. Um, and then from there, I went on to help build three venture backed startups all in the consumer tech space. Um, and um, on that, you know, specifically in the revenue and sales side of things. So building sales teams, building customer journeys, um, strategies, that sort of thing. Um, and then in 2014, I was lucky enough to be a part of an acquisition, uh, a company I work for called Trunk Club was acquired by Nordstrom. And um, with that, I started angel investing uh, in, in startups. So I make about one angel investment a year and I only invest personally in female founded and co-founded startups for a multitude of reasons, uh, which we can dig into if we want. Um, and then I also have started leading some all-female syndicates as well. And so uh, with that, I, I moved to Denver about a year and a half ago with my husband and my three children and um, had been thinking about becoming a professional investor for a while. I've just had so much experience going through the fundraising process, you know, working with board members, presenting to board members, cap tables, all of that, all of that fun stuff. And I thought, you know, I've flexed this muscle so much. I, I, I know what it takes to build a great company. I know what a great CEO looks like and a not so great CEO looks like to get there. And so just having flexed that muscle so many times, I'd really started thinking um, seriously about becoming, like I said, a professionalized investor. And so, you know, with that, I started exploring the opportunities and I came across Techstars, which is actually headquartered in my backyard in Boulder um, and the managing director role. And I thought, wow, this is a really cool opportunity to become an investor, but also I still get to roll my sleeves up and work with these founders on a day-to-day -day basis once they get into the accelerator. So it was kind of like, for me, the best of both worlds. Um, and so here I am today. I took on the, um, I started as an EIR in the Techstars and Western Union Accelerator back in um, August of 2020, and then um, came on full-time as a managing director in, in October. Wow. So the October of last year. So that, that, that that's great. Uh, thank you for that um, 
you have a great, that's a tremendous background. It really sets the stage here. It sets the table as far as, you know, lots of directions we can take this. What have you seen maybe, but just to step back really quickly, because you talked about how you have so much experience in the, in the consumer tech space, which is exploding right now, <laughs> to, to say the least. It's doing extremely well. How have you seen the space? Because you've been involved in it for two decades. How have you seen it kind of evolve? Like, what are the changes you've seen? I guess maybe challenges, just anything that's kind of standing out, that stood out to you. Yeah, I, I think it's consumer behaviors. And I, and I talk about this a lot, but I'm really passionate about it. Just being on the sales side of things, things it's all about human psychology, right? And understanding what attracts um, people to make purchases, uh, so forth and so on. And so I'd say, especially in the last three or four years, I've seen a huge evolution in acquisition strategies and consumer tech. So, um, you know, we had a pretty standard playbook five years ago with, you know, put X amount of dollars into Facebook and this will be your ROI just doesn't work anymore. So, you know, I'm really passionate about diversification of acquisition strategies when it comes to attracting customers and, you know, um, and that it has evolved because of two things, I think, um, well, of a couple of things, but Gen Z, right? Yep. Gen Z is now the consumer that we're going after, and they are the first digital only consumer, right? Like, right. They don't know life. They don't know what ACH is, you know. <laughs> <laughs> they don't know life without cell phones. So there's just a completely different human psychology to that buyer that is forcing people to evolve. And there's um, also a lot of trust factors with Gen Z, you know, yep. being so exposed digitally um, to different social media platforms or to all the content that we have today. I mean, you can be a content junkie online, you know, with Medium and Substack and everything out there. So it's really forced us to evolve. And what I think is a fantastic way that we just have to be more creative around yes. the world we acquire those customers. And so that's, again, the diversification, but then there's also a lot around, you need to be an expert in what you're selling. You need to be passionate about what you're selling for that consumer to believe you and to trust you. Um, you have to earn that trust today. So um, that's probably kind of like high level, you know, the biggest evolution I've, I've seen more recently. Yeah, I agree a hundred percent. I mean, that's, so just very quickly, why I started this podcast, you know, yeah. the, the concept is really delivering actual advice to, you know, small business owners and entrepreneurs. What kind of started as, you know, we were in, you know, we we're all trying to forget about last year, but, you know, there's so much information and so many things going on and being thrown at founders and entrepreneurs and business owners last year, not knowing how to get to any, essentially not understanding where is this coming from? What does it mean to me? How do I use it? How do I take advantage of it? And that was really the, the genesis of the podcast. And then as I kind of evolved it, what it occurred to me is we were going through this, we had already been going through this, to, as, you, as, you, as you pointed out, this digital world, but it seemed like last year, fast forwarded the digital world by by about 10 years in the span of, you know, 365 days. And I oh. thought that it was really important that business owners understood that you have to understand the digital world as it is right now, because you need to survive. And then once you can figure that out, it'll help, really help you leverage your business, but you need to understand what the digital world means, the technologies that are involved, 
obviously you made a great point as far as Gen Z is this, is this huge consumer now that we have to focus our attention towards. You have to understand that. So there were just so many of these pieces that I felt business owners needed to really understand because if they wanted to get past all this, they needed to ha- figure out how do I kind of absorb it and make it a part of my business. Absolutely. And on the other end of that spectrum, you know, I, I read a couple months ago and, you know, my data points might not be exactly right, but for mobile and web, you know, um, consumer buying, you know, there are, it moved a couple basis points for the younger set. Um, but for the 55 plus set, we saw a 40% growth in wow. online shopping because <laughs> of the pandemic. Right. So this is where it gets super interesting, right? We've got Gen Z, who's that's all they were doing. And now we're finally getting that 55 plus set to adopt. So it's like the world is your oyster, right? Right. <laughs> yeah, no, no question. It's it, there's just been with so much change, I guess, and, you know, to your point, you've been seeing this already happen. I mean, just what you've been working on as an investor and as, as a founder for, for, two decades, essentially, you, you've seen this already happening. It's just, but now it just kind of, it hit many people in the face as far as this is the world, that world is now fully here. The analog world is kind of going out the door and the digital world is really presented itself. Mm-hmm. Yep, exactly. So talk a little bit about, um, you know, what you're working on now as far as the, the, the accelerator and Western in, in the partnership with Western Union and, and how that help, how you connect with founders and, and just the whole process. Sure. So, um, you know, 30,000 foot level uh, Techstars is um, an accelerator and fund that helps entrepreneurs succeed. So we currently run about 46 accelerators around the world. Wow. Uh, some are vertically focused, such as mine, and some are city-based programs. Um, and so with uh, the Western Union Partnership, this will be our third year in partnership with them running this accelerator. And, you know, Western Union, you know, most people know who Western Union is. They're the biggest mover of money on the planet. Right. Um, so uh, super exciting to be working with them. But they're just always looking for ways to innovate, um, ways to ways to, you know, excel or um, grow their existing customer base and revenue opportunities with with that existing customer base and to tap into a new customer base. So our investment thesis, it's pretty broad in that it's anything that's innovative in the movement of money. Um, But I can, you know, we can unpack that a little bit more, but payments, remittance, um, KYC, point of sale stuff is really interesting. And what's so cool about Western Union is like, you know, financial inclusion has become a really um, right. hot category, but that's kind of a, what they've been focused on. If you think about it for hundreds of years, right? Like their right. presence in emerging markets is so much stronger than any other financial institution. So sorry, I digress, but that's kind of our no. Best thesis. <laughs> no, it's a, that, that's great. Uh, and they, yeah. And so, you know, we're really interested in the Latin American market. Yeah. You know, we're seeing a lot of cool stuff in Africa, um, focus on North America. But so what we do is I go out with my, my program partner, um, Joseph Scarantino, and we source uh, fintech companies to apply to the program. And then, um, so we've, we had um, several hundred applications this year. 
um, set a, a, a major record for number of applicants, which is really exciting. That's great. Um, FinTech is just so exciting right now. Yes. <laughs> um, because of kind of all the aforementioned things, right? Um, and then from there, we um, narrow it down to um, 10 companies to come join wow. the Accelerator and, and we make an offer out to them. So we're in the process of that diligence right now, picking the 10 companies, um, which we'll, we'll decide in the next couple of weeks. And so, you know, it's a 13-week Accelerator. Um, we do make a, an investment into the, the companies that join, but um, really the value is in um, the, you know, mentorship, yes. the network, and then the um, opportunity to meet and engage with investors and hopefully raise some money. I'm sorry, of course, there's a lawnmower going off next door. <laughs> you know what? It's it, we're we still have the remnants of the COVID. You know, <laughs> being on Zoom, dogs barking, kids in school. Yeah, it's all it's all great. No, no, no worries. No, that that's really interesting. I love the fintech. Um, it's hard not to have any focus on it. I mean, that was another piece of this that I realized last year, and this is more from a very basic level is, you know, business owners, there's all this, you know, supposed money that was put out if, by the government, but yet it wasn't getting to the people that really needed it. So that was kind of another direction. I took this as, all right, I need to fit, find people that can help, com that can communicate the message that, you know, this is, you know, we're here to help serve this, this subsect. And this is how you you know, apply for PPP or whatever it was. And FinTech is just at the core of that. And so I've started to bring out more and more founders in the FinTech space. And it's funny how you a few minutes ago talked about ACH. My last podcast was actually um, the founder. Of, I don't know if you know, Stephanie Kirkpatrick at, is the founder of Orem. Yes. Yes. I know Orem. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. so talk, I mean, they're essentially reinventing or, or trying to almost push ACH off the planet, if you will, as far as money movement. So mm -hmm. I, I digress, but the point being is yeah. you're seeing this, this change is happening. And this, this, that particular example, she started the company a year ago. And that's the other thing. It's just crazy how, how quickly, and you see this, obviously, how quickly this is happening now. I mean, obviously, if it's the right, you know, tool and it has, a, yeah. that, has that TAM, that addressable marketplace. And um, she just closed like a 20 million plus yes. round, I believe. Yeah. Yeah, it's just in the Series A. But it's like, you, know, you see this and you're in the middle of it. How quickly, if it's something that's really has the pulse really can help it's just it's a, a it's a much different pace right now the speed is much different you have seen that over time yeah because you know hers you know her her um product is an infrastructure product right, right. and so it's like we've seen the digital wallets we've yes. seen the digital banking that's all happening now it's like what are the ancillary products around that right and that's what investors are, are super excited about right now and so you know she's nailed it there's another company called novello.io i don't know if you've met them they're doing something similar um, and they are just like it's like a rocket ship totally yes it's i know people joke all the time on twitter and and other social media spheres that you know everything's a fintech yeah everybody's everybody's Every, claiming to be a fintech now it's pretty funny it, it is funny um but it there's just and you know this better than anyone like there's so many avenues what makes a fintech company and there's so many pieces of that 
puzzle that everyone, you know, all these founders are working on. And, you know, if that's what, yeah. if that's what it meets, then, um, you know, so be it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's all blending, right? Like, right. you know, it's, it's banking, it's investing, it's lending kind of, you know, those are like some of the pillars, but then you've got, you know, insure tech kind of seeping right. into fintech and prop tech, you know, with like fractional investing, a lot of those companies are now fintechs. So um, yeah, and there's just, there's so much money right now, right? Like, yes. it, that, that's the thing with the stock market doing well with PPP, there's a lot of money movement happening more than ever. So no um, question. Like I said, it's a fun space to be in. It's never a dull moment, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Which is a good thing. So as I guess, t- talk a little bit about, so once the companies, the founders, they enter, they get it, they in, they're in the accelerator and they kind of, they go through the process and the mentorship. And as they're, I, I guess, graduating, if you will, what's kind of, I guess, their next steps? How do you, you know, continue that relationship with these founders um, that are looking to maybe take their next steps forward? Yeah. So uh, like I mentioned, it's it's the accelerator itself is is 13 weeks, or I believe I mentioned that. Um, And uh, we spend a, a good amount of time having our, helping our founders get to know our mentors. So they do something called mentor office hours, where it's two weeks of just meeting with a group of 80 to 100 mentors. So it's really intense, but hugely valuable. And, you know, we have incredible mentors directly in fintech, like, you know, the former CMO of Stripe and the um, head of fraud at Capital One, for example. Um, And then we have, and that list goes on and on. And so that's obviously really helpful, those resources. Um, uh, The former CCO at a firm is another another great example. But then- We also have just subject matter experts. So one I'm really excited about that I always bring up is the head of UX at Lego. Uh, he's going to join us as a mentor. And, you know, UX is so, so important, yes. right? Um, and a lot of fintech founders, you know, UX isn't their immediate strength or, you know, anything front end related. So, um, you know, it's a really a good mix of mentors that meet with these people and then they become, they choose a couple of those people to be their lead mentors. And this is all give first mentality. So these mentors do this um, on a completely volunteer basis. And they essentially become, I always say like free board advisors um, forever to these founders. And the value is unbelievable between the expertise and the introductions of those mentors and their networks. Um, So that's a major component. Second major component is, um, you know, help fundraising. So we do something similar with mentor office hours called investment week. And, you know, we pull up, I pull up my Rolodex of 300 FinTech investors and, uh, you know, these founders get the opportunity on average, um, every founder met with about 40 companies or sorry, 40 funds last year. Wow. And a lot of them raise money out of that. So if you're, you know, raising money, or even if you're going to do it future state, it's just a great opportunity there. And then um, we, we kind of do, we do a lot of workshopping, like 201 workshopping, I call it. So legal, you know, growth strategy, um, accounting, kind of like any of the basics that you need. Uh, but, you know, if you get into tech stars, you've likely got most of that figured out. Uh, right. But there's always a, always a need for a refresher for everybody. So those are kind of the three main pillars that you'll experience in the accelerator, but with our accelerator in particular, there's also the relationship with Western Union, which is, you know, 
a pretty incredible resource to have. So, you know, Western Union, like I said, they really want to be able to work with all the companies that go through the accelerator in some capacity, whether it's a POC or a vendor agreement. And we've had a pretty strong success rate with that to date. Um, And even if that ends up not being the case, it's, you know, access to the Western Union team and, and understanding, you know, how to plug your products in to large, you know, fintech corporations like Western Union. So that kind of sums up um, a lot of the value of the accelerator. No, no question. I mean, that's the, the value is immense. I, I mean, <laughs> it's, 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 that, that's really an incredible program that you're, that you're teaming up with to work on. And it's, it's, I'm sure the founders of these companies are grateful for, you know, the education, the mentorship, the, you know, the, the, the amount of connections that they're, they're really opened up to I mean, it's, it's pretty amazing time to be a part of this program. Yeah. I mean, I know I'm biased, but I, <laughs> think, okay. <laughs> I think, I think it's pretty incredible. And I feel really lucky to be a part of um, being able to help these founders. It's just, um, and then just to have this kind of um, advocate in your corner, right. Oh, yes. An unbiased advocate who's not, you know, on your board, right? right. Where, you know, there's not kind of that power relationship. It, it's really just, you know, having myself and Joseph and our other team members there to support you in any way that we can, you know, that's something, even just that is something I wish I had as a founder. That's an, yeah, that's an important distinction that you're making there that, you know, you're really a a, a true partner. You're not there on the board to try to, you know, um, direct or, or, or set an agenda, so to speak. So that, that's, that's, that's a huge difference right there. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. That, that's really, that's fantastic. You, you, uh, you were alluding to earlier, now you do a lot of work and you've helped a lot of female entrepreneurs and founders. And I've been really fortunate. I've mentioned Stephanie Kirkpatrick before to have, to, to be interviewing, you know, some really amazing women who've started these, started their own companies within FinTech. Why don't you talk a little bit about that? Um, yeah, just kind of about, you know, like helping female founders sure. or supporting them. Please. So, um, you know, the original idea around investing in female founders came from a couple of things. One, um, I was at a company called Luxury Garage Sale and was involved in raising our Series A and uh, experienced a lot of gender discrimination along the way. Um, things that would really, you know, blow your mind, I'm sure. <laughs> and that challenge uh, really kind of gave me that initial thought of the, my only way to help fix this and to help more women get funded is to stop being an operator and to sit on that other side of the table, right? The checks. Then there's the data around the, the proven success of female founders. Um, and once we do get funded there, you know, are bigger exits um, and higher chances of success than males. Um, so that's a really interesting data point as well. So kind of, you know, those two things got me interested in doing it. And I don't invest in women just because they're women. I right. invest in great ideas. Right. And they, you know, I just l- only look at things that are female founders. And so I've invested across ed tech. I invested in CBD. I invested in a um, company called Suna that is like a fast, casual photography marketplace for um, consumer companies or for all types of companies. So um, it really runs the gamut. 
And I, you know, I, I try to be extra supportive from a mentorship level as well uh, of any women founders. I, I always try to take their calls if they want feedback on a deck or whatever it is, um, just because I know their resources and, you know, my resources have, have been more limited in the past. Um, and I think you can find some true gems if you're willing um, to do so by, by putting in that extra effort. So that was kind of the impetus. And then uh, last year actually was Suna. I, I led my first syndicate investment and that was uh, kind of the, the motivation behind that was, you know, I have all these incredible successful women in my personal network um, you know, whether I met them um, through my husband's business school or just, you know, at my kid's school, whatever it is. And they have not historically been in the startup world and they're right. not historically investors. And I think, you know, my husband and I have a, what is a more unique um, relationship and that I've always run investing in our household, whether it's, you know, in the stock market or in crypto or in real estate, whatever it is, it's just always been something I've been super interested in. And a lot of my friends that wasn't the case. And so I said to myself, you know, I really want there to be more women investing out there. So I thought, why don't I run an all female syndicate where we invest in women, right? That is a win-win situation. And so um, I put together my first syndicate. I think we had um, eight women in the first one. It was pretty small. And then I put together um, a second syndicate at the end of last year for a company called Babyation, which is a breast pump company they're going to be launching this summer um, and doubled the size of that syndicate, you know, introducing their girlfriend saying, Hey, can, you know, my friend get these emails or whatever it is. So it's, it's a super casual side thing that I've been doing, but I really see an opportunity um, to build this a bit more. You know, I've now got a list of 60 women who are interested in these investments and it's a really unintimidating way to do it. Right. Like, Take some, I take small checks, I write the memo, I do the diligence, it creates this awesome dialogue, you know, my friends who work in, you know, management consulting and hospitals, like totally outside of the space are asking great questions that I said to myself, why aren't investors asking these questions? <laughs> um, so it just, it's really creating this awesome environment of intellectual curiosity around startups. And then, you know, the icing on the cake is that it's all women doing it. That's amazing. And, 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 it's it's so interesting. You you talk about it like you know the the the, the that term side gig, if you will, that yeah. you've become so accustomed to. But it's amazing how much these side gigs have exploded, right? I mean, people were like, "Oh, this, you know, I want to work on this. I want to, you know, I have time. I want to make a difference somewhere." And then all of a sudden, you know, your sixty is probably going to go to one twenty at some point, is my guess, and then keep going. So. That's exciting. Um, that's that's great that you're able to do that, and you know this network is building. So I'm sure there's a lot of uh, great stories that are going to come out of that. So thank you for that. Yeah, no, thank you. And it's you know it's like you. This podcast is probably started out as a side gig, has become something more than that, right? <laughs> it, but it, that's the truth. I mean, it's yeah. it's it definitely has. It's 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 great to meet other people and hear those stories and they're always, they're amazing resources to the audience. And I, you know, it's, it's just, it, everything's, you know, every story is a little different than the one before, but uh, the, you know, the common theme is, you know, everyone has this really, this entrepreneurial spirit about them and, you know, they've really created it and, you know, made lemonade out of lemons in the last year, if you will, not to use that old term, but that's, you know, 
it was it's very it was very easy to you know kind of tuck yourself away and and let the negativity unfortunately take hold but the entrepreneurs right now are just they're they're killing it i mean they're just they're there's so much activity as you've been alluding to on in this show going on there's 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 plenty of capital out there obviously if the ideas are right and the market is there so record um, capital yeah right and and you know what you're doing with the tech stars is is tremendously helpful to founders so thank you for that so i always like to as i mentioned i always like to give my guests an episode or the the, the chance to turn and take the mic away from me so i could stop asking them so many questions and and give them the chance to ask me a question about anything yeah. So, uh, so you spent most of your career in financial advising. Is that right? Yeah. So that's been, yeah, I've been in the financial services business, um, since 1999. Okay. So I'm curious uh, your thoughts on the evolution of that industry. And in particular, do you think, uh, robo advising, um, is, is going to kind of take over the human component that, thank you for that. No, that I've actually was I was asked a similar question a few episodes ago. Oh, really? <laughs> well, it, well, somewhat. Well, it, it was actually a pretty difficult question, but it, it was around that topic. So, as far as evolution, I mean, j- just quickly on myself. So, I've spent I spent ninety five call it ninety ninety five percent of my career in in major institutions and have seen, you know, how the cult the culture. And the I, I, the joke I always tell people is I've only worked for institutions that went out of business. <laughs> so my my so my first employer was Bear Stearns, um, out of business. Followed by Lehman Brothers, out of business. Followed by Wachovia Securities, which technically Wachovia Bank went under, and Wells Fargo, my last employer. I guess you could say they they saved the day. So. What I what I saw why I made this jump two years ago to my current firm now, which is a privately held RIA in Los Angeles, was the culture of these firms is just the in larger institutions. I'm saying is just completely deteriorated. Mm-hmm. Um, not it's not about the client; it's about the, the board and the shareholders, and that's not what I wanted, and that's not what anybody who's in it who's a fiduciary should ever want. But it's amazing that, you know, that people still continue to function out of those institutions that, that I think the messaging is completely wrong. Um, and that's why I made the change. So I feel like you're going to you're going to continue to see more advisors try to leave those kind of situations um, because of the bad press, because they just their business models are very antiquated and they don't. They're very slow to change. The technology mm-hmm. is is way behind the times, um, and I think clients need to have more access to alternatives now than they've ever needed before, just due to the policies of the government and the Fed. And I think you know, being able to you know, being outside of those firms that are very limited, the, the institutions are very limited as far as the alternatives they offer to to accredited clients and hopefully those rules continue to change but i just there's just it's just all it's it's not a very um i don't i don't see a great future for those institutions 
um, because they just don't want to change. You see, mm -hmm. I mean, you alluded to crypto earlier. Um, so I have to make a comment because I've, I'm a very, you know, big fan of the space. I've been a big fan of digital assets as a whole for, you know, I say a long time, but that that's five years. Um, a lifetime. Right. In <laughs> the digital asset space, a lifetime is a day these days. Yeah. Um, but that's just one example where I personally think it's important that more people become educated on the space because it's a whole new world that's been created, a whole new financial world that's been created that's essentially trying to take down the institutions that essentially kind of started the financial world in this country. And now you've got this whole other alternative world. But the point being is that people should be able to learn about it and potentially have access to that. And I feel like where I was, you can't. Um, so I hope that answers that question. As far as the robo goes, I mean, I think, I think the success stories you're seeing in that world are people that are actually still offering the human, if you will, like offering that kind of service that's, you know, where it's priced appropriately, but marrying it with a human being, right? I just feel like people still need to have access to a, someone who can help them plan their life. You can't just, you know, stick your money in a bunch of passive vehicles, turn away, and then hope that when you go to retire, that it's compounded some return and that you can officially no longer work and live off those investments. I think that's very difficult to do. So I think it's important that, and I think you're seeing it with some successful founders that they've figured out how to bring, bring the two together, offer people, you know, access to, you know, a huge menu of investments, do it low cost, but also have that human touch. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Interesting. So yeah, that that's my that's my perspective. So as right. as as we concluding, I always like to end where with uh, you know offering a piece of actionable advice. And thank you for your time. There's been so many great points of of advice here in the episode. But if you could leave us with just one more, that would be excellent. I'm always so bad at doing these on the spot. Um, <laughs> Well, I guess I would leave you with this. This is a real soft touch, but um, a Walt Whitman quote that I have on my LinkedIn is be curious, not judgmental. I saw that. It'll get you a lot further. Yeah, that's no, <laughs> no. And thank you for that. That That's perfect. So just really quickly as we're ending, how does somebody, um, if they you know want to apply or become a part of this program, maybe just quickly leave some details as far as how that works and where they can find out more information. Yes, absolutely. So um, if you just go to techstars.com um, and click on startups, uh, our founders can see all of our accelerators that we offer and find one that's the best fit for them. Um, most of the accelerators offer office hours. So even before applying, you can set up time to learn more about um, each of them and, and how they operate. So that's the best way to go about it. Um, my accelerator uh, as I mentioned, we're deep in diligence for this class of 2021. Um, but people can feel free to reach out to me at l.bruno at techstars.com if they have questions on uh, the Techstars Western Union Accelerator specifically. 
Fantastic. Thank you. You're, you, you're, you're a really an amazing resource. Uh, there's I mean, anyone who can, you can, can, has connected with you or will connect with you is really going to be fortunate um, to have your, your experience and, and your wisdom and just your wanting to, you know, really help these people really grow their businesses and, and create something special. So thank you for doing that. Thank you for being here today. I'll make sure to, you know, include this, the techstars.com in the show notes, because it's important. Anyone who watches this, figure out a way to connect. And thank you for your time today. It was a pleasure having you, Al. Thank you so much, Hugh. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you, everyone, for being here today with Money Talks. We'll be back with another episode next week. Please like and subscribe on our YouTube channel. And that is all for today. This is Money Talks. Take care.